Welcome to the Monday Heat Check on the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm John Gonzalez. We have a really fun week of basketball ahead, and we're coming off a really fun few days as well. It turns out that basketball does not stop. Basketball doesn't stop. You know, I think that Nike is underrated for that ad campaign from the lockout. That yeah. It's like the best one ever. Basketball doesn't never stops. It, it really doesn't. I went out, I realized I went out way too fast during mm-hmm. the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, too much summer league, too much preseason. Yeah. Forgot that it's a marathon. You got to take your time, but it's, we're easing into it. It's not even a marathon anymore. It's just like a constant cross-country trek because yes. it's all the time. It's never-ending. It's an ultra-marathon. But right now, it's particularly fun, and it's particularly fun if you're a Boston Celtics fan. I really want to apologize to everybody who's not a Celtics fan because we have we have uh, managed to almost lead every single pod with them, but it's unavoidable, Juliet. They're really good. They've won 15 games in a row, and on top of that, they beat the Golden State Warriors without Gordon Hayward in their own gym. This was the team that we thought like, oh, you know, what are the Celtics going to look like after they lost Gordo? What do they look like? They look amazing. They look great. In the first quarter, I thought they were like going to get blown out. I was like, oh, the, the Warriors were playing a different game. But that is why the Celtics are impressive. They they make in-game adjustments and they got Jason Tatum to wake up for the fourth quarter. Jalen Brown had like one of the best games of his career against the Warriors. That's impressive. That, like in the middle of the game, you turn it around and like and it's the young guys who do it for you. We've gotten to the point now where we could almost just do this particular part of our show on loop. It's where, true. Where We're we like, go, wow, Jalen Brown. Like, we go like, oh, Jalen Brown's really good and Jason Tatum is really good. And then we play the drop. And we go, Kyrie Irving is really good and Brad Stevens is the runaway favorite for coach totally. of the year. And the Celtics have the third best net rating and the best defensive rating and like rinse and repeat. And we'll probably have to do it again next week because Juliet, I was looking at their schedule. This could continue for a while. They're yeah. at the Mavs tonight. Then they're at the heat. Then they're at uh, Kevin Clark's now awful again, magic or no, they have the magic at home. And then they're at the Pacers. This could go on for a while. They're at 15 games. They could push this into the twenties. What's the trap game on here? Pistons. Pistons, I think, is the loss. I think the Heat could be a loss, too. You do. Those are fighters. They like to, like, punch up, you know? Yeah, and and they've got players that aren't necessarily— Like, I I like the way that Al Horford is playing this year relative to Al Horford last year. Mm -hmm. Hassan Whiteside's not a good matchup for Al Horford. Yeah, and just they can pull a win out, like, randomly. Yeah. Not that I think they're underwhelming, but I actually am glad you brought up Horford. I just feel like he's the biggest winner of this Celtics team. I just You love him. I do like him. It's because he's got such beautiful eyes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> checked out his eyes. I will have to look though now. Uh, they're just very bright. Anyway, but I just feel like I found him to be a very unfun, uninspiring player. Mm-hmm. But the way that he really facilitates a lot of their offense and makes a lot of what they do possible just makes him seem more valuable than I really ever thought him to be. They're a much deeper team than I think people give them credit for for a lot of reasons, and that helps. They well, got like, Marcus Morris back. One yes. of the Morai is now back on the team. Actually, both Morai are back. They're playing for their respective teams, but he's been really good for the Celtics. Marcus Smart can't hit a three-pointer to save his life, but he does so many other things on the floor. And then yeah. Rogier, like the whole team. And even like Ojale is useful for them yeah. off the bench. So they're doing great. The Warriors fell to them by four, and yeah. I was surprised by that. They just sort of seemed like they didn't expect anyone to really challenge them. But then they've pulled it together since on their road trip, which should really be a breeze. It should be easier than they're making it seem, but they came back from down 23 on Saturday night against the Sixers. The Sixers had scored 47 points in the first quarter, were basically on pace for 200, and somehow the Warriors were able to win, and they did it by scoring 47 themselves in the third quarter. This makes me sad. It's a bummer. Did you watch this game? I did. I watched almost all of it. Okay, so it, like I was like the rest of Philadelphia. Losing um, your mind? Not so much losing my mind as like, and I should have known better. It became this preemptive gloat 
because they looked so good, right? So in the first game, when they, they played each other exactly one week apart, in the, in the first game in uh, San Francisco mm-hmm. or in Oakland, the Sixers looked in the first half like they could really play with the Warriors. Yes. Then all of a sudden, they're coming off of those two games in LA, which we're going to get to. And then what happens? Like they just crater in that third quarter and the Warriors assert themselves. And I wonder, like there was some, some I think like a little bit of Warriors related panic. And then they reminded us, oh yeah, they're really good. Yeah. The third quarter is like when the Warriors strike, right? Like if they're going to win, they win it in the third quarter usually. They've been amazing in the third quarter. Yeah. That night, Steph had 35 and Katie had 27. And that was the Sixers game I was like excited by because even though I, w- I don't need a fourth straight finals with the Warriors. It is like it's just, gonna happen. It's exhilarating to see players just sort of like decide they're gonna take over. That's why LeBron is so fun. Sure. And so I was really happy when the in the second quarter it just sort of seemed like KD was like, no, I'm done with this. Like get get me the ball and I'm shooting and I'm scoring. And then Steph did that in the third quarter. And I enjoy like just exceptional individual performances like that. They were all exceptional, uh, and they melded their individual performances into one team win where they went, oh, did you think that we were going to lose back-to-back to to the Celtics and the Sixers? Because that's not going to happen because we're the Warriors. And I went, oh, right. And, you know, when you say, I don't really need another Warriors final, that was them going, you're going to get it anyway. (laughs) It was really depressing. Steph had something to say afterwards. It made me sad. It was wild because we never had anything going for us in the first half, and you, you expect to give yourself a chance, find a way to get back in the game and see if you can make it interesting down the stretch. And you don't expect to, to cover a 22-point deficit in one quarter. but No, you don't. You don't expect it, but you did it anyway. Thanks so much, Steph Curry. Whenever the Warriors are down by a lot, I think about uh, commentator Steve Kerr. And he's always like, if you can just get it within like 12 by, by the end of the third quarter, then you're feeling good. And right. that's what the Warriors did is they caught up kind of incrementally and then they just took over. Where are you on, on Kerr these days? I'm wondering if he's just getting a little too cute with the media. So um, Kevin Durant was out last night against Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Warriors still won, even though it was kind of close. And he does this thing when he when he announces like the subs, like who will yes. be starting instead. He kind of like leans into the meta narrative. So he was like... Okay, does everyone have their phones out? Starting in place of Kevin Durant is Omri Caspi. And then he pulls out a slinky mm-hmm. and he starts playing with it. And someone asks a follow-up question. He's like, no, I'm going to let everyone finish their tweet first. He He's really committed to this bit. Yeah. So he's done a couple of different things. Like one day he clipped his fingernails, which was like, right. uh, like a little gross, but I get the bit. Uh, I wonder, really, I think it speaks to what this regular season is for the Warriors, that he has decided that this is going to be a running thing. Right. And he's going to come out with different props and gags to do each of them. And he's putting actual effort and thought into them preemptively. Uh, like everybody else is like, oh, we got to get ready for the Warriors. And he's like, what, what could, do I have a Rubik's Cube this week? Like, what am I bringing out? Uh, because that's where my mind is. Yeah. He projects so much calm. And- he does. I, I often wonder, like, is this a projection or are you really calm or is it a combination of both? And this is or this just what it looks like to be like a professional winner? Because Steve Kerr is just a professional winner. <laughs> professional winner is exactly what they all are. I think in any industry, right, when you become comfortable mm-hmm. in what you're doing in your day to day routine and confident that you can execute X, Y and Z tasks, mm-hmm. that that lends itself to 
comfort, exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah. like, is he, you know, he's a professional winner. He's used to it. Right. So he can go, yeah, man, I'm going to clip my fingernails while you tweet this out. I'm not at all worried. We're the Warriors. It's a little grating, but, you know, when you're that good, you can do it. When you're that good, you're that good. You're that good. I think that he's excelling also at making up injuries for his players, like to get them rest. Sure. It's very pop-esque. Yeah. Kevin Durant with a sprained ankle. Okay. Maybe. Tweaked it. Steph Curry, the upper thigh contusion. Okay, mm-hmm. sure. Things you can't, oh, my, you know, like Keep my back. Prove it, yeah. Like, right, you can't, you can't mess with that because it's like, sure, yeah, all right, it hurts. It's sore. Go and, but that's what they should be doing. They're yeah. the Warriors. And as we said, this is uh, an inevitability. They're going to be there in the end and let them rest. Yeah, speaking of the end, mm. question you brought up. Yes. How many games could the Celtics get off of the Warriors in a seven-game series? They give them problems defensively. I mean, we've they're seen good. it. They're very good on defense. Yeah. They're very good on defense. They've they've got players that are switchable. Uh, as I've mentioned, Marcus Smart at the offensive end, not terrific. Marcus Smart in the defensive end, amazing. I really yeah. like him. Um, you've got the J team who are long, and you've got a lot of guys who could potentially confound them. That still, to me, is probably a walk. Maybe two. Yeah, maybe two. Maybe they push it to six games if they meet. In the end, it certainly looks like it's going that way. Brad Stevens is taking the crown on top minutes manager. I noticed that all of the Celtics are averaging under 30 minutes per game, except for Jalen Brown, who's at 32. Mm-hmm. He just turned 21, I think. So that's fine. So he's like, obviously, they're like really trying to play the long game. Do you believe in peaking too early? I don't. I, I think that this is a team that you want to see that, like, if we're talking about the Celtics, mm-hmm. then no, because this is a new team. Yeah, they, right? they need put, to get in the rhythm of winning. Right. Put it all together, get moving. Like, And also, I think if you asked any player or coach, do you want to win or don't you? I mean, like, they're putting, forget about winning too early or peaking too early. They're killing it right now and ride it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Should we talk about your beloved Sixers a little we bit? We need more? to. Okay. We need to. Now, the Warriors game was dispiriting, but Juliet. Kings of Los Angeles. Kings of Los Angeles. That's really impressive because I know that Joel Embiid went out while he was here. I know he hit the club. And the beach with Markel. And the beach. <laughs> they put their feet into the sweet Pacific Ocean. They did. Which was like... A little I, chilly. Yeah, I get it though. I went to the beach yesterday and I was like, oh, I should have come a little... I went for sunset. And I was like, oh, I should have come a little earlier. Could have dipped my toes in as mm-hmm. well. Anyway, still playing as well as he did while managing the LA nightlife is very impressive to me. Like most teams, those that would be a... A one and one or an zero for two, but they walked away two and zero. They absolutely throttled the Clippers, who we're going to get to a little bit later. In the Lakers game, I was at that Lakers game, Juliet. What was the vibe like in Staples? It, for the Clippers game, it was it was a good atmosphere. For uh-huh. the Lakers game, it was insane. Uh-huh. Uh, there were a lot of Sixers fans there. Really, not surprising that Sixers fans are absolute maniacs. They travel well everywhere, but to see that performance, I think even if you weren't a Sixers fan, for Lakers fans, and I use this, I'm doing like the air quotes thing because I'm like I'm never really sure how much Lakers fans are actually fans of basketball writ large. Everybody in that building was captivated by that performance. As we later learned, since the NBA started tracking blocks, it's never happened. 46 points, 15 rebounds, seven assists, and seven blocks. That's the first time ever. It was a really amazing performance. Julius Randle, RIP Julius Randle. RIP Julius Randle. I think he has to go into hiding. Yeah. People were like, oh, he's like really improved this year. I I don't believe in Julius Randle. Like, it just like long-term, and I think that was borne out. Like, he's just not, like, a top-tier player. I, I actually like Julius Randle. I think that um, this is maybe not the best fit for him, and eventually he'll go somewhere else, and he'll be fine. That's a tough guard for Julius Randle, or as we've learned, it was a tough guard for Everyone. Uh, DeAndre Jordan got punked, Willie Reed. I mean, after Joel Embiid put it on Willie Reed, he later said, yeah, I, I also took it to that guy whose name I can't remember. Right. So <laughs> he was clowning everybody uh, all over the floor. And then on top of that, we saw... 
Ben Simmons. I just love him. He's, he's killing it. He's so much fun to watch. There's just like a like a obvious savvy. Like he has like the LeBron IQ. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it's impressive to get everyone to be like, yeah, don't shoot. Only dunk or pass. And no one's like, oh, no, we know we're about Ben Simmons. But he has everything else so well that you're like just so on board. Yes, just dunk as much as you can. If you can't get a dunk, just pass it. There's so <laughs> many times where you see, I mean, like I was sitting there for that Lakers game. We were watching how much room the Lakers were giving him. And the other reporters that were sitting on either side of me we were talking about that and then going, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because he can still get to the rim whenever he wants. Right. And now he's got this like sort of in the paint hook shot, throwback yeah. shot, which is working. Good for him. He's also a pretty good in-air adjuster, to, is. which is really impressive. And it's so interesting, like really unique players if they need to like unlock one thing. Like Kawhi became great when he when he could shoot. But with Ben Simmons, you're just like, he already is great. It's so weird. It, for me, uh, <laughs> it's hard for me to separate it out my filliness because, you know, take me out of Philadelphia. I've been sure. here for a year and a half. Is there a better league pass team right now? No, there's not. The Knicks, I think, are number two, but the Sixers are number one. Have to be. I'm really excited. There's so much fun. Also, just um, watching Robert Covington shoot all Killing the time. Um, got his contract, got paid. Love Rocco. The Sixers got sort of a discount there. I thought that uh, Robert Covington would get Serious more money. Discount. Good for the Sixers. Good for him. He obviously won. I, I think when you're Robert Covington and you were making, you know, a little north of a million dollars a year, and now you're going to make on average north of $15 million yeah. a year, like you're not going to push it and you're going to go, this is great. I'll take the money. I get to stay with a, a wonderful team. Yeah. Wonderful team. No, well, okay. a team that's on the up. <laughs> uh, no, this is this is a, like a nice, fun. Yeah, yeah, no, that's does, fair enough. He, laugh at me about this. It's okay. <laughs> because it's exciting to watch them. I'm, I'm happy for Brett Brown, too. I wrote a piece last week on The Ringer. I saw him from the very beginning through now. I covered him through all those dark days. And he really is truly one of my favorite people that I've ever covered because he's he's a genuine human. He's a real professional. And he he had a steward that's that team and that franchise through all those dark days. And now that he gets to go out there and like coach a wonderful team that's talented. Wonderful. Juliet, like this is it's all coming up Sixers. It's all great. It's not quite coming up faults yet. That was our false update. Yes, that's the false update. Out another two to three weeks at least. With like, it's fine. Soreness is dissipating and muscle balance is improving. I've never heard anyone talk about muscle balance before. Look, whatever happens with false happens. It has occurred to me and probably Trade? to you and everybody else. Let's not get carried away, but it has occurred to me and you and probably everybody else that it maybe doesn't matter because Simmons and Embiid are the thing. What should we do with like Okafor and Fultz? Like, where can we send them? Apparently not to another team. They can't be traded. Like, first of all, Fultz should go to the G League is is one thing That's I just want to say. a little, uh, that might be extreme. No, it's not. Tony Parker <laughs> is rehabbing in the G the League. Number, you cannot send the number one pick. I don't want to, I don't want to get into a thing here, but you can't send the number one pick to the I G I would like to. I would like to. I'm. I listen. I'm on Team Adam Silver. Okay. And I think Adam Silver would appreciate that. Shouldn't we appreciate turn it into the minor leagues where you go to practice? No, we can't have that. Why I not? Mean, because he's the number one pick, and like it, whatever. Because what? if he's if he's shook, John, if he, if he's very shook, right? But that would make it way worse. I don't know. I think that honestly, I think that like it sets a good example when someone like Tony Parker is like, yeah, I'm gonna go to the Austin Spurs. He's Tony Parker. Austin he's Del won Toros. like 47 championships. Yeah, and he's Tony Parker. He's like so suave, and he's French. But that's besides <laughs> the point. 
I just think I actually do. I would really like to see the G League become a more. It's already headed in that direction. Like it's working. I'm Silver. You're on track. But like, let's just accelerate it and send folds there. No, let's not. I'm great. Go for the like the G Delaware League. Delaware 87ers, right? It's the Delaware 87ers, which is still like one of the worst names. But um, Delaware's. If they didn't have Joe Biden, they wouldn't have much. Not a lot going on. It's a pass-through state. It's also a tax haven. I, yeah, it is. That's you know Your Delaware <laughs> knowledge is uh, really impressive. Um, I am rooting for the G League. I want Fultz nowhere near the G League, and let's not uh, I just let's never speak of it again. Wow. It would be terrible. You're getting defensive. No, I— This is my this, new thing, then. Okay. This, to poke at me about Fultz, Fultz in the, the G, G League. League. Yeah. It, it, that, I'm going to have flop sweats tonight. I'm not going to be able to sleep. Look at what you've done to me. I'm all verklempt. I think it would help him. That's just all can we, all can I we talk say. about like a much worse team yes. now? Because I, like I, I like to think about the Sixers in happy terms, and I want to and I want to believe that Fultz eventually will be back and fine. Eh, you might not be, but you've got two two for four is great. All right, we're we're gonna do real or not real. We've decided to make this an all Clippers edition. Yes, I've been in LA now a little over a year, like mm-hmm. a year and change. I've met exactly two Clippers fans. Okay. One is Jimmy O. Yang from Silicon Valley who plays Jin Yang. Nice. Who I met during the Blake Griffin piece that I wrote for The Ringer. Cool. So shouts to Jimmy O. Yang. The other is our producer, Isaac Lee. He's the only other Clippers fan that I know. Uh, The Clippers for a minute at the beginning of the season, we went, are the Clippers good? As it turns out, they're not good. No. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. All right. Juliet, they've they're five and ten. They've lost eight straight. They're behind the Lakers and Suns, and they're barely ahead of the Kings and the Mavs. That's stunning. It's breathtaking. It's really bad. Losing eight straight, they've been without Pat Bev, been without Tay Dosich. Mm-hmm. In a couple of those games, they've been without Gallinari. So caveat. However, they oh, lost good. a lot of games with them anyway. As you can hear, it's storming. It's storming in, Cl- in Los Angeles. <laughs> it doesn't rain here, except for when the Clippers play, at which point there's thunderstorms and lightning. Uh, let's do a Clippers edition of Real or Not Real. I'll okay. give you the first one. Real or Not Real, Juliet, the Clippers will finish the season where they are as a bottom five team in the league. I'm going to go with Not Real. I think a bunch of these Eastern Conference teams will regress, and I think that the Suns will start tanking. This was a team... I'm going to go not real too, but not by much. This was a team that we talked about as a fifth or yeah, a middle of the pack. Yeah. We're like I had them at the very edge of the playoffs, like uh-huh. a seven and eight, but still in I the think playoffs. I said, I said fifth or sixth yeah. preseason. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Kevin O'Connor, same deal. He was bullish on them. I don't think anybody's bullish on them right now. You have to be worried if you're a Clippers fan. Absolutely. Let's do real or not real. Blake probably regrets signing with them for five years and 173 million dollars. Not real. He's fine. I think he's fine. I think you have. I think he wants to get rid of Doc, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably wants to make some moves. Storm is really picking up. Yeah, but <laughs> this is the first of five years. He, it's still LA. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think for someone like Blake, per your piece, who's really interested also in other ventures, being in LA is like way better than being in many other places. He's plus he's dating Kendall Jenner, who goes to many games, and that would not be possible if you were in a different. City. She was at the Sixers Clippers game. She was. Uh, which I didn't know until you told me, uh, even though I was at the game with yeah. Justin Barrier and Katie Baker. She was sitting courtside. Yeah. I think that there's 173 million reasons why he's pretty happy with being with the totally. Clippers. Absolutely. Totally fine. All right. Real or not real, they should trade DJ. Real. And I want to point something out. We saw a few years ago, I think it was 13 or 14, DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin spent their summer vacationing together in Croatia. And they had like his and hers hats and like mm-hmm. they were like, and then when Chris Paul first came to L.A., they had that famous Lob City clip of them, like, hanging out. 
I have not seen Blake and DeAndre hanging out in quite some time. I just want to throw that out there. Doesn't DJ hang out with the with Kevin the Warriors Durant. Yeah, sometimes? Kevin Durant. And then he had dinner with um, Draymond Green a couple of weeks ago. They were, they were um, caught by the paparazzi coming out of Catch, which is a hot spot in like West Hollywood. <laughs> I go to you for all of my Instagram information, yeah, TMZ I'm information. I'm here for you. Restaurants. You gave me a whole thing about, what did you call it? Uh, uh, the Benzware Corridor of La Brea. You're blowing my mind with all of it this is. stuff. It's ridiculous. That left block from like, First to second on La Brea is like all menswear and like outdoorsy menswear. You're my go-to Nothing for me. Anyway, um, I have not seen Blake and DeAndre out together or on vacation or like hanging in a while. So I just want to, I just want to note that. Here's my thing. I think it's real that they probably should do it. But if you do that, if you trade DeAndre Jordan, that's a hard reset on this team and you still have Blake Griffin. So now what? So they should, right? You think they should or should not? No, I... I, I'm sort of hedging here. I think that they will. I'm not sure that they should because if you do... Right, exactly. If you do, all of a sudden the thunder is really pronounced and then things get ugly. I mean, you've got Blake Griffin, so you just signed him and now what? What's, like, the, what's the ideal team that surrounds Blake? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't, I don't know that we've seen it yet. I don't know either. Like, everyone wants Blake to run the point and be like a point forward. But, like, this is, like, unfair. But, like, already he's not as good as, like, Joel Embiid, who also does a lot of things that Blake does. I thought I was getting a little carried away because I was going to say, he, why can't he be the Ben Simmons of the Clippers? No, he can't but be yeah, Ben Simmons. <laughs> he's a better shooter than Ben Simmons. Yeah, sure. But I honestly think it's almost like his skill set is more similar to Embiid at this point because of who Embiid is becoming, not because of who Blake is becoming. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the problem. Yeah, Blake is a, a, a little more mobile. Joe, Joe needs to get in better shape. I have one more for you, and I like this better than jettisoning DeAndre Jordan. Okay. Real or not real, the last one for uh, the All Clippers edition, Doc Rivers won't survive the season. I don't know. All bets say he won't survive, but do you really, like, eliminate his power, like, in two steps like that? Like, do you first, they first took away his front office role, and now he's just the coach. Why wouldn't you just have done them both at the same time, or, like, give the coach experiment a little bit more time to play out? I don't know. What do you think? I don't think he will. I think that they look at this and they go, this is untenable. This is not the the kind of team that Doc really probably wants to coach. He's been a coach of veterans and winners for a long, long time. If you're Doc Rivers, do you really want – I mean, like, what's going on with this team that you're excited about? You're running your kid out there. He's terrible. Poor Austin. You know, like – right, exactly. Like, if if you're Doc Rivers, don't you probably want to go and do something else? And by the way, I don't want him to leave because I go to a lot of Clippers games and a lot of Lakers games for obvious reasons. Doc Rivers is – top three coach quote in the league he's amazing totally like, you go hey he makes doc. your job easier it's so much easier with doc rivers you go hey doc and you start your recorder and then you just take it all down and then you go back and make a story like he's that good sure he's gonna go off and do tv at some point maybe some point is now his voice is too hard to listen to i hope he doesn't do tv jmt just my thoughts <laughs> um also if he gets fired does that mean that mike woodson is interim head coach i again? guess yeah Again. Oh, yeah. man. It's time for the heat check, heat check. Boom, He's heating up. He's on fire. Someone who is really hot right now, James Harden. Still killing it. He's killing it. Chris Paul is back, which led to them doing a beat down on the Suns and pretty handily beating the Grizz, although the Grizz were without Mike Conley for the foreseeable future, which really sucks. But meanwhile, James Harden is leading the league in both points and assists. When asked about this by Jonathan Fagan of the Houston Chronicle, he said, I just want to know. I didn't even know. I just want to chip. That's it. Whatever it takes, whether it's scoring, whether it's passing the ball, doing whatever, I'm willing to do it. I just want to win. Stats are just stats. They're always going to be there. I just want to win. 
Is this a new James Harden? Is this something that James Harden would have said two years ago? Good question. I'd like to see James Harden, if he just wants to win, be a little bit better on defense. And yes, Rockets fans, I know that they have the eighth best defensive rating <laughs> overall. They're a better defensive team than Rockets they were. Rockets fans are beginning to rival Jazz fans for angry on the internet. Sixers like, fans. It, I guess they're all mean. I don't know. Jazz fans, the ones got really mad at me and I was traumatized. Anyway. Jazz fans get angry about stuff? I was like, Gordon Hayward's not a star, which he's not. And they didn't like that. I don't want to adjudicate Gordon Hayward whether or not he's a star right now, but I will say... Look, James Harden's killing it. He's he's right now the MVP favorite yeah. one month in, and we get carried away with these things because initially it was, hey, it's going to be honest. And now yeah. we were like, oh, right. Now, like oh, James Harden is. He's been is in the conversation for it. the last three years, too. But the chip thing is, I believe him when he says he wants to assert himself and will the Rockets pass the Warriors and win a championship, and all that is true. He's still a, a liability defensively. And like, I'd like to see him marshal more effort at that end. That's all. Sure. Like, he's so, so good overall that if you're going to pick a nit, that's the nit you would pick. Totally. I mean, he has developed and improved every single year. And maybe like it just gets to the point where you're so good that like what changes is your mindset and how you approach the game. I'm rooting for him. Like I I think I kind of weirdly am too. Also partially because I just feel like he will be the testament to how to avoid the Kardashian curse if he does win. And Finally I'll, and I'll be into it. So as somebody who's Someone's managed arrived. to overcome <laughs> came out alive. My heat check, heat check. I didn't want to do this. Every week I end up saying like we should get through a show without talking about Lonzo. And it's like impossible. It's to, impossible. He had another triple double last night against the Nuggets. Jokic was ejected with Mike Malone in the first or second quarter. So caveat, but right, caveat. Nuggets are a mess, unfortunately. The, the Nuggets have been like surprisingly good. They've been a fun team to watch, but that was not a good game for them against the Lakers. But so he had another triple double. He got a haircut, Julia, and he everybody did. lost their damn minds. He did. And then the third one. He walked away from a, quote, fight against the Suns, and Luke Walton said afterwards uh, to the media that somebody on the team had to talk to Lonzo Ball about not doing that because, like, there's this this little scrum, you know, where it's like, hold me back, hold me back, and, like, everybody pushes, and nothing really happens. But if you're on the floor, you can be, you know, engaged to whatever degree you can be engaged without throwing a punch, and nobody off the floor can come off the floor, onto the floor. In this particular instance, you see Lonzo just walk, he looks over his shoulder at the scrum and then just walks off the floor like, meh. And the best part was he said, uh, it's the NBA, people ain't really gonna fight. I ain't trying to get no technical. I like it. Has Lonzo Ball ever been in a fight? (laughs) No, I can't imagine. Definitely not, right? He doesn't look like a fighter. No. Also, it just seems like he maybe didn't interact with people outside of his teams and his family. Yeah, which his family is back. Leangelo made it back. Leangelo's back, maybe thanks to the president, maybe not. LeVar Ball is just stays in the media. I saw he's going to be on CNN tonight talking about his- Great. I'll be his, sure to avoid CNN tonight. ordeal. Yeah, um, I know. I will say, you, we mentioned Steve Kerr earlier. Yes. Shouts to Steve Kerr for saying that we should ignore both of those guys. Agreed. Let's, so let's, I love Steve On that Kerr. note, let's move on. Let's one, do it. One personal note in this section I wanted to call out. Hit me. I was surprised to find that the Raptors are tied for second in the East. They're 11 and 5. Um, they have lost to the Spurs, the Warriors, and the Celtics, who were playing without Kyrie that night. But they did beat the Rockets in Houston and have pretty handily handled worse teams. If you just like hear people talking about the Raptors though and don't watch that many of their games, like you would assume they were like 500 or worse. Like everyone's just like, ah, what's wrong with the Raptors? It's kind of sad. I guess we've we've gotten used to them. Yeah, and, and I've I've talked about this before. It's muscle memory with them. Yeah, what we've seen in the past, even though they are shooting more three pointers, and good for them, they finally figured out that like you know you've got to increase that by whatever percentage. Um, they're seven and three over their last ten. They're fine. 
they're the they're the Raptors. They're going to be in that three four playoff range, maybe two. Maybe they climb that high. I doubt it. When all is said and done, I still like the Cavaliers to to be up there with the Celtics, but they're fine. And then they'll win a first round series, and then they'll go home. Right. Okay. And Dwayne Casey, you'll, Dwayne Casey we'll is run the, it back next year. He's the Marvin Lewis of of the NBA. They're never going to get rid of him. And they're just going to keep doing this thing over and over again. I guess so. Looking ahead, Thanksgiving's on Thursday. But before that, Thanksgiving Eve, the biggest going out night of the year. Maybe stay in because there's some really good games. There's a lot of fun basketball that night. But I will also, because of work purposes, and I'm a masochist, I'll be watching uh, the Lakers at the Kings. So dedicated to your job. Not one of the games that we have on our list. But that night, Julie, had so many fun games. We have the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant going to Oklahoma City. Excited about that Excited one. Excited about that one. That's going to be a blowout, though. You know it. There's just no There's just no way. The Warriors have been a little uh, a little squirrely lately. Maybe they take like... No. A, a li- <laughs> you're, you're calling I'm, the I'm blowout. Positive. All I'm right. a blowout, definitely. Uh, all right. Well, it's still a fun game uh, in theory. We've also got the Nuggets and the Rockets. Nuggets, Rockets. Hopefully Jokic doesn't get tossed. He's going to be in that game. And then, Juliet, the game that I can't get more excited about it's your, it's your personal Super Bowl it's my personal Super Bowl my two most exciting teams to watch in the NBA right now it's Blazers at Sixers Blazers Sixers yeah that's a good one I'm weirdly excited about Bucks at Suns just like like it when two top players go against two young top players go against each other plus you've got Bledsoe back in the Bledsoe, place he didn't yeah. want to be Bledsoe back I completely forgot about that I was just focusing on Giannis and Booker of course there's that subplot even Raptors at Knicks is a fun one now mm-hmm I'm looking forward to that. I don't know. It's like a really full night. Oh, and then there's no games on Thursday. It's one of the reasons there's so many. There's on turkey and there's football on Thursday. So we got to get all our basketball in on Wednesday. Yes. But then this weekend is just a lot of great games. Turns out basketball doesn't stop. Basketball doesn't stop. Neither will we. We'll be back next Monday. You'll be in New York. I'll be in New York. It'll be a coast to coast podcast. We will be cross continental for the heat check pod. Thanks for listening. Bye. Anyway.